And we're back with another exciting episode today, guys. Um, today was a very special one. Uh, if you follow me on Twitter, you guys would know already that I just had an interview today with Flat Earther's biggest public figure, the the one that's leading the forefront on this movement, uh, Mr. Mark Sargent. Fantastic guy. I absolutely loved this interview. It was so much fun. Uh, he is very knowledgeable. He's very articulate. He's very passionate. And I respect that a lot. So I'm, I'm very thankful that he uh, was gracious enough to come on. I know he's got a busy schedule, so uh, it, it was an exciting time. Uh, just a little heads up. The audio on my end is going to sound terrible. My voice in particular sounds really, really bad. Uh, it's just how it is when it comes to me recording with someone else. I haven't got all the equipment yet and or the functionality just based on my phone. I don't have like a laptop and all these other programs and all this fancy stuff. So when I usually do an interview with someone else, uh, it, the quality isn't, at least on my end, it's usually not as good as it is now when I can use my actual headset and microphone. Uh, but he sounds perfectly fine, which is what I really cared more about. Because uh, this, this interview is more about him telling his story, uh, and him answering the questions and things like that. Um, so like I said, absolutely love this interview with him it was it was very very fun learned a lot um and i hope i can get him on again at another point i'm definitely keeping contact with him and you know maybe we can venture down some other uh topic here um but without further ado guys i hope you uh take about an hour half out of your day just to take a seat back uh sit back and listen to uh, a different side of things on um, a, a topic that i know most people have heard about but maybe not know a whole lot uh, this is a very good kind of like introductory 101 to what the Flat Earth community is about. So you might learn something. Who knows? Um, all I can is encourage you to just, you know, sit back and listen. So uh, without further ado, guys, here is my interview with Mark Sargent. But yeah, first I want to start by thanking you for uh, taking the time to actually come talk with me. Um, yeah. I, I was definitely caught off guard when you replied to a saying that you'll be willing to do it so thank you again <laughs> happy to do it yeah so um i don't know i guess oh, i'm gonna start this off um so you're oh, how you would describe i guess like the um the spearhead of the flat earth community essentially, well, right? i don't know about that i mean <laughs> i think you were thinking tip of the spear but yeah. I, I like to call myself, uh, if Flat Earth is a university, I would call myself the freshman recruiter because you're generally going to run into my stuff first okay. when you get into this. So so, um, so, what brought you into the Flat Earth community? So was there like a, a singular moment that you just like came across it and just like sparked your interest and you just dug more into it? or um, it, was, it, it started out with a lot of hallucinogenic drugs uh, combined with um, transcendental meditation. No, I'm totally making that up. Uh, I was bored, basically. Uh, I was looking into just about every conspiracy you could think of at one point or another since I got out of high school and had, had pretty much done it all. There was a commercial some years ago, and it was kind of a joke, which was... Um, you know, I think I can't remember what the commercial was for. It was like, I finished the internet. It was something some like some husband said, I did it, honey. I finished the internet. That's what I had kind of felt with um, YouTube, which was it's like, okay, I've seen, I know all the categories. And especially when it came to conspiracies, I think I'd pretty much done it all and I had an opinion on just about all of them. And everybody knows about Flat Earth. Everybody hates it. 
It's true. I mean, every I have yet to run a single person. It's like, oh yeah, flat Earth is the greatest thing ever, and they they go right into it. Everybody starts off in the hole, and it was the same thing with me. And it, there was a just this little little flat Earth video made by a guy in Germany about flights in the southern hemisphere in 2014 that caught my eye, and I watched it. Said, oh, it's interesting. Still don't like flat Earth, you know, like a lot of people say, and so I tried to shut it down over a weekend. Because I thought I could. I consider myself a, a clever problem solver if you give me enough time. And then that didn't work. <laughs> I couldn't shut it down. So nine months later, uh, the beginning of 2015, I decided, okay, I'm I, apparently I can't solve this on my own. So I basically asked the internet for help. And I made a series of videos called The Flat Earth Clues, which said, I can't prove the globe in a court of law anymore. Tell me where I'm wrong. Here are my points. Boom, 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 boom. You know, shotgun pattern approach. I did one every day for, well, I did the first seven and eight days. And then I slowed down a little bit. I just had to get it out of my head. And uh, it was some of the clearest writing I ever had when I did it. And uh, yeah, here we are four years later. The, the four-year anniversary was, was last month of Flat Earth Clues. And we've got conferences and documentary and hundreds of meetups and I can't lost count of how many channels and I've lost count of how many interviews at this point, which is so weird considering the topic. So there you go. Okay. Well, there you go. That's, that's pretty interesting. So bringing it back to actually the documentary, cause I actually had just watched that, um, probably like last week. Yeah, cause it was on net cause it was on Netflix, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, um, by, by the way, just so you know, it was on every other platform except Netflix. All the way really? up until, yeah, I mean, it was literally, it was released on iTunes and Amazon and YouTube movies and Google Play, not that anyone uses Google Play, uh, since November. And really? when Netflix came out, but it, but it, but you had to pay for them. That was the difference, I think, the, the big mm -hmm. difference. And so when, when it came out on Netflix just a couple of weeks ago, it just blew up because, it, you know, as you know, with Netflix, everything is in, all inclusive. And so, and then it just started trending and started trending and it was getting, you know, and then the, yeah. So anyway, go ahead. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was going to ask you about that because, uh, the person I had, I have a friend that he also believes he's a, he's a big flat earther as well. And I actually had done an interview with him, um, about a month or so ago. And he actually gave me the idea after seeing the movies, like, Hey, you should, you know, try and get in touch with Mark. He, I heard he's very open to interviews and stuff. Mm -hmm. And so I was wondering though about the, in, about the whole documentary, did it do it justice? Like, did you think it got to it did, it did exactly what I would hope that I hoped it would, which was uh, it was. And, and I said this, you know, because the documentary officially came out uh, almost a year ago in April of 2018 when it started in the film festivals up in Toronto. And I had a chance to see it before anybody uh, in a hotel room with the director and the producers. And when I watched it the first time, of course, you know, if you're in it, you know, you get that kind of, oh, wow, look at that. There I am. I look terrible, as always. Uh, and you, you, you smile at everybody else that's in it. And then you start analyzing it more and more. And I called it right off the bat, which was flatter. If you're in the community, you're going to have a problem with it. And if yeah. you're not in, if you're not in the community, you're going to have a lot of questions. And I saw that over and over and over because it the, it started really getting traction in the film festivals. We did 22 film festivals in seven countries. Uh, so many that the, the the producers of it could not go out to all of these. And they started sending me to, to these things 
to try to uh, you know just just represent and which is probably not the best idea because I'm not exactly objective. And it was in every everyone that I sat with the audience because I, I wanted to make sure that nobody knew where I was in the audience if they even said that I was going to be there. Uh, they all for like the first 20 minutes, remember we're talking 90% globalist audience at least, uh, the first 20 minutes, they wouldn't even, they didn't even believe it was real. They thought it was like a, a piece of docufiction, which is different from a mockumentary mockumentary is tongue in cheek docufiction. You play it absolutely straight, you know, yeah. like it, it's a, like, it's a real topic that's happening and, uh, that, that nobody knows about. And that's what happened. And then all of a sudden they realize after they start seeing the montages of mainstream media, Every, I guess I saw it click in everyone's head. It's like, wait a minute, this is a thing. There's people. This is actually people are actually out there doing this. And the one of the most flattering comments I think we received was there was an editor out of Los Angeles that had no context. He just watched it. His friends had watched this. The guy knew nothing about flat Earth. And at the end, he goes, he goes, man. He goes, what kind of budget did you guys have? And he's like, what do you, what do you mean? It's like, what? I mean. The actors, I mean, how, you guys had so many actors. They played it so straight. And and he stopped me and goes, no, man, it was real. And it just blew this guy's mind. He was like, he was like, wait, wait, that conference, that, that Flat Earth conference in Raleigh, that happened? That was actually a real thing? He's, Dude, I was there. And and yeah, so it was amazing. Um, so but did it do what I'd hoped? Yes, yes, it did. It is the finest, in my opinion right now, the finest Trojan horse recruiting tool that we could have out there. Um, and the, the proof is in right there in the media, right? What, you know, the fact that we're doing this interview, it, like it came out on Netflix, it exploded a secondary explosion in the media. It, lots of people are talking about it. Uh, my emails doubled within a week. Uh, and everybody in the movie, all of a sudden uh, got all this extra, um, focus on them, which is both good and bad. So yes, it, uh, it but you, I'm sure you have an opinion on it. You saw it. Yeah. Um, so obviously I, I'm on the other end of the spectrum. Like I don't, I don't believe the earth is flat, mm. but also I'm, I'm very open to listen to different ideas, which is why I wanted someone with your level of knowledge to actually be able to talk to. Right. Because I'm never going to shut down an idea right away just because I might not initially believe it. Right. Sure. Sure. Um, so I'm, I'm always open. So it's, it's, it's hard for me to believe you because I believe, you know, in like the NASA images. And I know there's a big debate about that mm -hmm. and how a lot of it's doctrine. And, you know, I, I do agree that the government itself does do a lot of sketchy things. Right. And it wouldn't, you know, completely blow my mind if they come out that, okay, yeah, we faked a lot of this stuff. I really wouldn't be too surprised. Right. If you know what I mean? Right. But, um, but, fl but flat earth is so big. Yeah, I know. I know what you're saying. Uh, in fact, I've had people come to me and say, Okay, fine. I get it. The Apollo landings are utter trash. Everybody knows they're not real. But you can't tell me that the ISS is fake. I'm going, come on, man. It's like, you know, if they're going to fake, here's it's 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 crime 101. And that is if you're going to fake one part of an operation, you might as well fake the rest of it because yeah. the punishment's the same. It's, it's it's like you kill one person, you might as well kill them all because <laughs> either way, it's a life sentence. Mm -hmm. So, but no, I hear you. I hear you. But anyway, go on. Um yeah, so I, I don't know. I just, it just, it, it's interesting to me though that. Yeah. Well, interesting um, enough that you contacted me. Yeah, exactly. Because it, yeah. it it is a very, it's a topic that a lot of people automatically shut down when you bring it up. 
Everybody right. shuts it down. Every, yeah. I hated the I hate the the flat earth concept when I first saw it. And I was more stubborn than most. The average turnaround time for a convert. I know I'm going to be throwing out some religious terms at you. The average time for a convert is about two weeks right now. Mm-hmm. And that is if it's in your head for about two weeks and you can get your, you know, wrap your mind around it. You might come out the other side and you'd be fine, or you'll be stuck in the side. It's like, nope, science is absolutely real. No, the government. I mean, there was a line. Let me use a line for you. Um, if you ever watch Fo- Fox News, and I don't, I don't vote, so I don't, I don't really have a preference on Fox or NBC or CNN or any of the others. But uh, there's uh, one of the commentators on there named Dana Perino, and she mm-hmm. used to be a, a White House correspondent. Fascinating line because they were talking about this on Fox News because it's everywhere now. And she goes, no, I believe in the moon missions because I'm a patriot. And I thought that was really an intriguing statement, which was, no, no, no. If you want to be a good citizen, if you want to be a good American, but it's not even to be American. If you want to be a good citizen, you believe exactly what the government puts out. And to to your point, uh, I know what you're saying. And that's like everybody. Look, we, we live in a world of lies. right? Everybody lies about everything all the time. We even pay people to lie for a living. And I won't Isn't rattle them off right now, right? And we all know, you know, business and politics or sports or uh, entertainment and even journalism and um, science, you know, there, there are lies that happens. I mean, I could give you multiple examples on all those fronts. Mm-hmm. It's just a question of when it comes to, because somebody asked me recently what it takes to be a conspiracy person. You know, what makes a conspiracy person? I go, well, there's this imaginary line that we draw. And that is everything on this side of the line is truth and everything on the other side is lies or vice versa. And somewhere along the line, that line shifts voluntarily or involuntarily. And then you, you get awakened to something like uh, the first time I saw JFK in the theater by Oliver Stone. You know, if you watch that movie, honestly, if you have any critiquing eye, you're going to watch that and say, yeah, yeah. I mean, everybody that walked out of that theater, I saw it an opening weekend back in the day. They were angry. They're like, yeah, freaking government. And to the point where the government had to respond. They were putting people on talk shows saying, look, it's just a movie, you know, and yeah. Uh, but at the same time, you know, we all have that line, which is, okay, I can believe things up to a point. I know there's lies, but I'm not going to cross that line and believe other things. You know, some people it's like, well, uh, you know, I, I believe in, in, you know, 9-11, maybe Sandy Hook, maybe not Pearl Harbor, maybe JFK, maybe not Apollo moon landing. You know, it's, it's kind of all over the place. And so everybody's got their thing, but when it comes to flat earth, it's one of the only, it's so big. It's so freaking huge that people, it's, it's tough. It's, it's my, I mean, I've even had people, I know I'm rambling, but, but let me get this point out. I've had people that have said, you're turning the universe into a studio apartment. And that, and that makes me claustrophobic. And I've heard this more than once. And I go, yeah, you know what? And there was a guy, let, let me, let me change, change it. And I'll say for most conspiracies, you can walk. You can walk away from them. If you don't want to look at JFK or 9/11 or vaccines or whatever, you don't have to. It will not change your life. But flat Earth changes everything. And lots, for some people, that's that's really spooky. I had a guy yell at me on a Colin show once, where he said, "He goes, how dare you? How dare you, young man, tell me the world isn't what I think it is?" I was going, "Yeah, well, there's the point right there. You know, people yeah. people brace against it." Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. Well, yeah, because I mean, you're right though. Because with the flat Earth theory and everything it doesn't just affect one like state or city or country like it affects everyone so it's a global thing so i can see so the fact speak. That, yes yeah yes yeah, so, oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's all right no it's a look it's that that term is in your head for a reason don't forget yeah. 
flat earth is the only thing that we debunk to children. That's it. We don't tell kids about JFK or 9-11 or all the other stuff, right? But we put a globe in their classroom, and the teachers are pretty good about saying it. Back, you know, back in the day, we used to think the earth was flat. Isn't that funny? And then they leave the globe in the classroom for at least, well, if you go through high school, 12 years. And, and, I mean, it might as well be the American flag. People are willing to fight for it when you get out to a certain point. You know, where it's like, you know, they fight for the flag. Why wouldn't they fight for the globe? They're literally sitting side by side in the classroom. So anyway, go ahead. So um, history, the flat earth, right? So like I I know way back when we we believed the earth was flat, and that was a a strong belief for hundreds of years, right? Oh, that would be it was it was way all civilizations and i've got a chart i could send you uh, just about every civilization you could think of believed in the flat earth because that's what they saw but you know way way back when and then it only changed about 500 years ago roughly uh, use the the line from men in black which was 500 years ago everybody knew the earth was flat and then it changed and then science came out and said nope it's a globe and it's a solar system and it's a galaxy and it's all the other, other things and it stayed that way, even though there were stragglers kicking around uh, all the way up until well, roughly 2015. So who – now, I, my history on the the whole flat earth and globe um, timeline isn't good at all, to that's, be honest with you. That's okay. But, no worries. Um, is there like a singular person who dis, like actually discovered in their mind that, okay, the earth is actually like a sphere? Like they proved that it was a sphere and then – is, oh, is you, that, mean fi- you mean 500 years ago? Yeah. Do you, is um, the, the big, the big, uh, depends on who you talk to. I mean, if you go into science, and this is one of my arguments to science, science say, well, the Greeks thought about it. It's like, yeah, mm-hmm. but really it wasn't until Copernicus. That's the name you should look up. Uh, I mean, it's called the Copernican model for a reason. Uh, and he was the one that really pushed it. But what's interesting was when they pushed it, all they had was math. Now, I know people saying, oh, math is the truth. It's the universal language. I'm going, yeah. Kind of, sometimes, but you, you're going to make some leaps of faith and some assumptions with math as well. I mean, Nikola Tesla right. was the first one to say that. And then they were pushing the globe for pretty much nonstop for four and a half centuries, roughly, maybe five centuries. And but thing was, and, and I, I won't take credit for this line. I mean, everybody abs- absorbs stuff from everybody else, which was unless you get high enough to take an actual photo of the Earth, what do you really know? I mean, mm-hmm. you, can, you can you can talk geometry and trig all day long, but until you can actually show people a picture of the Earth, what do you mm-hmm. really know? And that didn't happen. What was interesting was NASA wasn't even found. NASA was founded in 1958. They did not even take the first blue marble shot until 1972. And and by that I mean they did all their Apollo runs, all you know, Gemini and Mercury and Apollo, and they didn't take the first shot until literally their last moon mission. It was weird. You'd think Apollo eight through Apollo sixteen, they would have taken the shot. It's like, no, let's wait until the last mission, right? Last episode of the television series, which really all is all it was. And we'll take this shot. And it's really just I mean, it's 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 not Photoshop because Photoshop wasn't alive. Yeah around back then but there was airbrushed and and i mean it was painted it was an a completely altered image and they milked that shot what's fascinating to me was they milked that shot from 1972 all the way up until the middle of 2015 there were no other blue marble shots and i knew this just on accident when i was running a tech support group in uh, boulder colorado back in 2000 
you know, the internet was up, you know, it wasn't what it is today, but it was up and there was stuff, there was a lot of stuff out there. And I wanted to put iconic earth shots on all the different monitors and I wanted to use different shots. And I would type in just about every Boolean string you can think of, earth from space, space images, earth images, blah, blah, blah. Just kept pumping it. I kept getting just one image over and over and over and over. It was the Apollo 17 uh, blue marble shot. And, mm-hmm. I, and I couldn't, I couldn't figure out why I'm going, and I, in fact, I was yelling at the screen going, NASA, you suck. You have the, like the worst <laughs> internet presence ever. It's how are you, how is there only one shot out there? And I just frustrated and gave up. I could not see the forest for the trees. And that's because they were so scared at the time about releasing a second shot because there might be differences and, you know, maybe a date time date stamp issue that they didn't know about that. They just milked that shot. And then only when we, and I know it sounds like delusions of grandeur, but only when we came out and started hitting the ground, <clears throat> excuse me, running in 2015, that's when they changed it. Sorry, I ramble. No, no, okay. Talk away. I, I'm here to listen to you and hear your story and, and your I, thoughts. I know, but, but, so I, but I'm sure you have more questions, and I, I know I, I take too long to answer some of them. But I'm not like Treebeard. I, I actually will get a point across. Yeah, no, I actually, I don't have any preset questions. I'm just kind of going with the flow. Oh, thing. okay, okay. So what else? What else? Uh, so that's that's how we got to this point. And then when there was here's what helped us. There's a couple things I've, I've realized fairly recently. Why Flat Earth took off the way it did. One mm-hmm. was uh, because of how it was released, meaning, OK, social media was out there. Social media changed the game. I mean, come on. Ninety percent of Flat Earth is on YouTube, which yeah. is owned by one of the largest corporations in the world now, Google. Um, the other thing was, is that we had a couple guys that were doing some flat earth things in 2014, but they were kind of high level, higher level stuff. And it was, you know, like if you think of it like university, uh, you know, 101 books versus 201 books versus 301 books. And when I came out with the clues, there was already some content that was already out there. I didn't invent flat earth, but my stuff was definitely 101. And so people read my stuff and then they turned around and went back backwards to you know to grab the other stuff and so now we already had you know uh, quite a bit of now we had a, a continuous content line that you could follow and then the third thing that helped us was well i mean we'll, we'll talk about the celebrities here in a second uh the third thing that helped us was all the moon mission stuff you gotta remember the that the americans uh, there have been conspiracy people that have been picking on the moon the apollo program since basically it came out so we'll just round like to the 80s. Like so since since the since the Internet was in, in out there, there have been people talking about how terrible the moon footage has, has aged over the years. And that you combine that, which was one of our main things, that's like one of the first things to attack when you're going after NASA, which is tied to flat Earth. Combine all those things and you've got like this perfect little grassroots movement that goes through 2015 and then in 2016, that's when um, Kyrie Irving, uh, no, no, so that was 2017, B.O.B., uh, rapper B.O.B. decided to make uh, an album with Flat Earth on the cover and made a song called Flatline that was dedicated against Neil deGrasse Tyson. And yeah, I remember like, that, actually. Yeah, yeah, called, called Flatline, where he calls him out and says, look, uh, Neil's paid, <laughs> basically. <laughs> And he's just he's just saying whatever they want him to say, which is true. He doesn't do debates. He just goes on. He's he's practically a science jack in the box. He goes on stage and and you crank him up and you know he pops out and he says space is amazing. That's all he does. He gets paid well. He used to until that whole allegation thing recently. Uh, you know hashtag me too hits everybody. <laughs> uh, and that carried us through 
Uh, and then and you'd think, right, that that Bob when he did this, like all Neil had to do was not respond. But no, Neil goes on Comedy Central and does this rant against Bob, and the media just loved it. That carried us through most of 2016, and then uh, 2017, Kyrie Irving decided to come out on a podcast just before he landed at the All Star Game. So he walks right into media day. What, what do you think they're going to do? I mean, athletes are notorious for giving terrible interviews. Because, you know, because they're athletes, right? They're, they're like soldiers in a way. It's like, yeah, offense, defense, 110%, coaching is key, blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden, a guy comes, oh, yeah, by the way, I believe in flat earth. Are you kidding? They just, just descended yeah. on him. And then LeBron, you know, they're still in the afterglow of their championship. You know, LeBron's like, oh, yeah, Kyrie's great. I support whatever he's doing. It's like, are you kidding? Is, that, was, that was gold. That carried us through um, most of 2017. And there were other athletes and, and from different sectors that came out. And then 2018 yeah. started off with freaking Mad Mike, mm-hmm. uh, the rocket guy who, who came to us unsolicited and said, hey, uh, could I have some money to finish my rocket? <laughs> like, okay, sure. Put a flatter sticker on the side of it. And that was that was just media gold. I mean... Mm-hmm to where the and and he still and he delayed the mission twice so you know that you know cliffhangered it twice and so that carried us through all, you know most of 2018 and then the conference the conferences and then of course the documentaries so yeah it's been this weird steady stream of across a between this organic branching out and uh and media things that that are that are tied to it but it's been fascinating yeah, and it definitely has helped you guys out a lot. Because, I mean, okay. even if it doesn't necessarily, like, the the publicity, right? Even if it doesn't necessarily convince people, it'll get people intrigued. Because, like, okay. myself, right? The documentary itself, even when uh, B.O.B. had said something, you know, like, huh. that's actually, I think, when I first started looking it up. Because I saw he had made a tweet that he believed the Earth was flat. And I was like, okay, there's no way. This has got to be, like, a publicity stunt. Right, right. He can't believe this. And I researched it, and then I found this whole entire community of just people that were dead set on believing that it's flat. And I was like... Holy hell, like this is a real thing. Yeah, yeah. You you're saying basically the same thing that a lot of people. It's like you know, everybody knows there's all sorts of fun stuff on the internet, but it's like going to a corner of the internet. You stumbled across this vast corner of the internet that wasn't even you didn't even know existed. Mm-hmm. And and then you real you're you're going in there, it's like, wait, there's all these people in there. Wait, I know that guy. And that guy's a celebrity. And and, and who, wait, who are these people? And and you're real. You're it's like walking. It's kind of like walking through a mansion, and then getting to a door that you didn't even notice before. You thought it was a closet, and you walk in, and it's practically another mansion on the other side of it. Yeah, it just freaks people out. And uh, I mean, it didn't. Of course, when I was doing it, there was hardly there was hardly much there. But now mm-hmm. it's uh, oh yeah, it's nutty. It's absolutely nothing. I mean, and that's the thing, though. It's it's something that people like truly believe in too. It's not just like a parody or someone. No, like, everyone's no, no, no. We, it, there's an absolute, and here's why. You're you're wondering why do people believe so strongly in it? And uh, even after the documentary and and you know the whole laser thing with Jaron and the gyroscope thing with Bob, you know why why is why is the flyer thing just keep getting bigger? And that is because there's so many facets to it that lean towards a flat earth that you can't you can't pull away uh, we have a 99 percent retention rate and that's that's not an, not an exaggeration and here's why can i prove to you right now that the earth is flat no i cannot 
can I create so much reasonable doubt in the globe that the only place you have left to turn is some sort of flat model? Yes, I can. And the, and and that's that's the key because there's a lot of variations to the flat Earth model because obviously we do, we don't know exactly what it looks like we're you know it's like we're draw, trying to draw something ethereal you're trying to look through this fog yeah. and you and you got a pretty good idea what it is but there's always these lingering things and people that that go into that at the end even if you want to go back to the globe and and a few people have tried. You can't because at that point, but just by looking into flat earth, you, you tore apart the globe. So, you know, there's so much doubt in the globe. You can't go back to it. You keep looking at the globe going, uh, uh, no, I, you know what? I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, what I've run into is people that, that, yeah, they get in hot and heavy in flat earth. They start up a YouTube channel and they make videos. It's like, I'm in a flat earth. And then they realize you know, for a lot of them, they, uh, they realize it's like, okay, well, I'm just going to let other people, you know, do the research and stuff, and I'll I'll wait until there's proof. You know, they're still in the camp. You know, like ninety yeah. percent of ninety percent of our members are in the closet because they just don't want to come out to friends or family or or um, colleague, you know, work coworkers. Uh, they're they're worried. I mean, heck, I've got family members alone that be like, oh yeah, I'm totally with you. Yeah, I'm not coming out though. <laughs> and yeah. okay, I don't I don't blame you. I absolutely well, don't blame. That, that is a that is a tough like pill to swallow especially like in telling like you said your friends and family that are most likely going to believe the traditional belief that the earth is a globe right so you come out and say hey just so you know I, I, like my my buddy i'm give him a shout out jermaine is the one i did an interview with right he, he was telling me the same thing that it was hard for him at first to even say anything because oh, he yeah. felt, like the ridicule you guys instantly get and that's why i feel like i think you guys it's an injustice to you guys but because you guys have a different belief and that's fine but you got a different belief where people just instantly shut down. They don't even give you the time of day to like listen or just like, oh, okay, you know, hey. And, just, and, and, I, it, and it's okay, though, because I don't – it's one of those things where it's different from uh, – It's honestly, as far as polariz- polarization topics, there – how many – I don't care if it's um, abortion or stem cell research or gay rights or black rights or, or women's rights or whatever it is. Nothing affects people like this because it goes all the way back to your childhood. Um I can't get mad at people because I was them. You know, I was on that side of the fence. I cannot get mad at you because like, no, I I absolutely know where you're coming from because I was there and everybody says that. One of the reasons, though, it it, people get that knee jerk reaction is because it cuts through time. It goes all the way back to your childhood. It's kind of like telling somebody the analogy I came up with a little while ago is like kind of like telling somebody you're adopted. If I came to you and said, you know what, I'm pretty sure you're adopted. Right? You go, I am not, no offense if you are adopted. And, <laughs> and it's like, it's like, no, man. And you go into tonight, it's like, no, no, I am not. I absolutely know positively 100% I'm not adopted. And in fact, as long as you're in that state of mind, it doesn't affect you whatsoever until, uh, you know, because people say, you know, what do I care if the earth is round or flat? It's not going to affect me. I go, it's not going to affect you until you believe it. And once you, all of a sudden, once the second you think, wait a minute. Am I adopted? The second you do that, all of a sudden you start, your mind reaches all the way back to when you were six years old and you start, it's like, wait a minute, what did my parents, who are those people? What, what I remember being in a basket or whatever it is. It, it, all of a sudden you start questioning all the memories leading up to that point. And it can be jarring, really, yeah. really jarring. And so I, again, I don't blame you know, people, people yell, people brace, uh, but there's a line that I I've used. Uh, and I still think it's applicable today, which is if you don't laugh at Flat Earth the first time you hear it, there's probably something wrong with you. 
because because everybody should because that's what the conditioning is. We all know it's a globe. We were raised that it was a globe at least through high school. And if you made it, you know, if you made it through like your bachelor's or master's or PhD, if you have like a master's in a, in a physical science, there's nothing I can do. It's too, it's too far in your brain. Uh, you will not believe it literally until mainstream stuff comes out and says, by the way, the earth is flat. And then you'll probably crawl into a bottle for a year, you know, drink, oh, yeah. drink a lot of scotch. And that's, and that's my next question though. How do you think, the world as a whole would react if there was definitive proof, like you had, you were able to send some a spaceship or a person or whatever it is, right? Or, or you know, whatever test you guys do it, but it definitively proved that the Earth was actually flat, and no one can deny it. I nowadays I don't think it would be that bad because of social media. Meaning, yes, it would affect a lot of people. Now, does that mean there wouldn't be chaos? No, no, no. There potentially could be a lot of case chaos, and I talked about that in the clues. Which was, and it's it's a three pronged thing, uh, well, three pronged issue, uh, which is first off is academic, uh, which is you got to remember, every, there's a lot of universities in the world, and you were talking about astrophysics and astronomy. You'd basically have to shut those down, the, those close. You won't even reopen those until you figure out what the hell's going on. And the, the remaining physical sciences, uh, geology, hydrology, biology, archaeology, take, take your pick. Those have to be rebuilt, literally from the ground floor. You, and, that, and that's just academia, right? Yeah. Economically, the world markets are so twitchy on a, on a regular basis. I mean, come on. If Donald Trump got pneumonia tomorrow and he'd be like on his deathbed, the markets would reflect that. That's one guy. All of a sudden, yeah. you, you, you tell people the earth is not, you know, that science was wrong about a huge or, or hiding it, you know, or some science, not all science, obviously, was hiding this thing. Uh, I mean, you'd have to basically suspend world markets for, I, I'm guessing, at least a month, maybe two, before you even announce it, just because of the knee-jerk reaction would be panic. People, The markets would be like, okay, because everyone wants to know how there'd be so much speculation on where the money is wasted and where, you know, emerging markets versus declining markets, they wouldn't even know where to go with the money. Uh, it's mm -hmm. like, okay, like what happens with this, and especially um, war? which I talked about is like, look, we have huge weapon companies in this world, massive. Some of the biggest companies in the world are weapons companies. But yeah. if we are in an enclosed system, that changes sort of the aspect of war. And so anyway, world markets. And then, of course, the last but certainly not least would be the religious angle, which is um, think of it this way. All the, the big five religions in the world, um, Hinduism, Buddhism, Judaism, Islam, Christianity, they all have a stake in this, right? They've been beaten over the head with science textbooks for the last 500 years. And all of a sudden, you're giving those five groups simultaneously leverage against science. And you're asking them not to take revenge. That will be so difficult for them. <laughs> because they talk, they talk about science in every sermon every week. You know, they, they talk. And, and so you're asking them, because here's what's going to happen. They would go back. They would just push back to science. That would be, okay, so you were wrong about this really big thing. I think we should revisit other things like, oh, I don't know, evolution, carbon dating, the Big Bang Theory, dark matter, dark energy. Just about everything, everything, basically science would be on the ropes for a while. And they, they wouldn't know what to do. So you combine those three things. And people ask, like, why would you hide it? And it's like, are you kidding? Uh, that's one of the, the shortest smoking man X-Files meetings ever. 
You know, it's like because like, somebody says, hey, what's the worst that could happen? And then you rattle off what I just rattled off. And they'd be like, yeah, we're going to release this when we think the public is ready. And part of me thinks that the public is pretty much ready now. I mean, everything's ready. Everything's in place for it. Meaning yeah. the, the, the six billion smartphones, social media, high speed Internet. You can get the same story. You know, the old criminal saying it's like, let's get our story straight. You can push the same message to everybody in a very, very quick amount of time to where 99 percent of the people would be at least fed the same spin and then do with it what you want. Uh, but yeah, but that's, yeah, that's why you hide it. Uh, and that's why eventually it, but it can't be kept a secret forever. It can't. The technology caught up with them and they knew this. I mean, these aren't dumb people. They recruit only the best and brightest. Anyway, Mm -hmm. that's it. I mean, yeah, that's a very valid point though. Like, cause I can see that really causing a huge ripple effect through, like you said, all different types of categories, like where they said religious, economic, you know, just even like a personal day-to-day life. I mean, you've been told like a lie essentially your entire life. And then suddenly, so, like, oh yeah, by the way, like we said, the earth is actually flat. Yeah, I, me personally, I'd be like, I mean, I think I'd be a little bit more be like, okay, well. That's well yeah, I mean, well, okay, let's, let's, let's put, let's change it up though. Let's say uh, the average person on the street, because I've heard this a lot. It's like, hey, you know what? I still have to go to work in the morning. Uh, my wife still doesn't listen to me. My kids are her- tor- terrible. <laughs> my life doesn't change that much. I was like, well... It doesn't. It doesn't. One, everyone would be talking about it. That's all they would be talking about for years, if not decades. People would be t- just talking about it constantly. This would be like the topic on the street. Um, at the same time, though, there'd be people out there, like you're saying, they would question. It's like all of a sudden they'd walk outside and they'd just look up at the sky and they go, huh. And then they'd be like, what does this mean? How, how does this? And, and, and of course, the default thing and not saying that it's going to kill atheism. Uh, but sometimes they do say that because it's really tough to be an atheist. You got to remember the default state for flat Earth, if we are in a building, some sort of structure, is that it was built by someone. And fine, if you don't want, if you don't follow one of the main, main religious houses, at the very least, it's a civilization that's way older and way more powerful than us. And if that's the case, I'm not, you know, if you want to say it's aliens, if it makes you feel better, fine, it's aliens. Uh, but either way, I mean, one man's advanced civilization is another man's deity. And then you're just kind of splitting hairs. But come on, if, if a giant golden spaceship landed somewhere tomorrow, mm-hmm. as long as the beings were better looking than us, there would be a huge contingency in this world that would worship them. Plain yeah. and simple. Like, again, that's the key there. People, it's like they have to be better looking than us. If they look anything like any movie Alien ever made, <laughs> there's going to be a bias. They have to, they have to, in fact, you could only be one of really three colors. Here's the weird thing. You could only be, if you came out and, and did this, you have to be either blue, like Avatar, mm-hmm. um, silver or gold. Any other color is already here. So there would be this bias. Anyway, yeah. that's, that's another story for another time. Yeah, it, it would be, it would be crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, now, what do you... Now, do you think, okay, let's like say, keep it on topic if the Earth was proven to be flat. Right. Do you think roles would reverse? See, now we have like a flat Earth community. Do you think there would still be people who disbelieve in now what is accepted as the norm is the flattest Earth, and you'd have like a globe Earthers? Like the roles would reverse. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there, there might be, but 
if you were going to do it, but, but it's different now uh, because, again, of social media. Back in, back in the day when it went from a flat earth to a globe, you know, remember, there were barely newspapers 500 years ago. So, I mean, word of mouth took a long time to pass. You know, um, I mean, heck, there were people that couldn't, a lot of, a lot of the population couldn't even read and write. Yeah. So, um, there, yeah, there might be some globe earthers, you know, that would still hold on, I suppose. But most of those, most, most of the population would, would cave in uh, because of peer pressure and, you know, again, the authority. You'd have to be somebody in authority to make the announcement. A lot of people believe, like Dana Perino, Whatever the television tells them is true. Mm-hmm. If the, the hardcore globe, here's the irony: the, hi- the hardcore globe resistance would be um, um, scientists, and and by that I mean most of them would be physicists and astrophysicists mm-hmm. because they are highly based in math and they just wouldn't be able to accept it. Which is, uh, you know, it's like look be- because you're talking about them. You know, they spend a huge amount of money in education and decades of their lives. Um, trying to work out equations for uh, the solar system that they never could reach. And then all of a sudden you're telling, oh, yeah, by the way, there is no solar system. So, sorry. You know, you were you were looking at a television screen, for lack of a better world, a word, and, and thinking that it was real. Uh, you know, your math might have been, you know, sort of right, but it doesn't really matter because you were describing uh, an image. You know, no, no different than um, breaking to somebody that you know who goes into a planetarium and looks up at the moon and spends years, you know, hypothetically looking at that moon in the planetarium, and and somebody all of a sudden just turns it off and says, "Yeah, yeah sorry, it wasn't real." And now, so, go ahead. It, now, is that your belief? Though? So you think when we look up to the stars and like the the moon and we see other planets, now do you believe that that's all projected? Like that's yeah, yeah. I mean, no, no different than a planet. Well, the moon and the sun would be slightly different. It's not like our planetarium. Our planetariums are kind of old school. They've been around since the seventies. Um, but yeah, the the moon. I'm sorry. The the planets and the stars are just would be just lights in the sky. Pretty little lights. The sun and the moon obviously give off some energy. They would be their own entities. Uh, the sun is basically just an incandescent light bulb, for lack of a better word, and it's probably instanced, which we may or may not get into. Um, and the moon is an LED bulb, which generates a, a cold refrigerant light, which we only figured out about three years ago, which is f- just freaky. Um, and if you don't know what that is, it, it generates a light that actually cools things. And we, I didn't even know this existed. We can replicate it now in universities. It's called a, a cold laser, uh, where you fire, you know, everyone thinks lasers melt things. No, no, no. You can actually frequency adjust the, the laser and make it cool things as well. And we see that with moonlight. So if, um, you know, we, we all know that it's like 90 degrees in the sun, it's 80 degrees in the shade, right? Because the things block the, the sun rays. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're in the moon, it's the exact opposite. It's say it's 50 degrees in the moonlight. It's 60 degrees. And in fact, up to 13 degree swing in the moonshade. Well, that that's not possible because you remember the moon is supposedly reflecting sunlight. And that's that's radiation and it's heat. So at the very least, it should be a fraction warmer, if not neutral. And we see a, a, quite a swing, which is amazing. And science and what you can you can test this with a, like a point and click infrared thermometer for 20 bucks at a hardware store. Uh, and if we just kind of found out by accident and it's like, OK, does that prove a flat earth? No, it is not. But it absolutely destroys any relationship between the sun and the moon and what science says is happening between the sun and the moon. Anyway. OK. That's it. I, I never. I, well, no, I lied. I did hear about that. 
Yeah, I, I, I didn't. I I had to prove. I had to do it myself. I had to go down the hardware store, pick up a point and click thing. You know, wait for the moon to be high in the sky. I'll be damned if it didn't work. I mean, you can watch YouTube videos on it all day long. I mean, it's not a. It is a very very easy test to do. The question is why? Why does it do that? Uh, and then you start. It's like okay, why would you if. It, when you get into this long enough, you start asking questions like, okay, why did you build it like this? And why was this put in place? Um, some things are, are more obvious than others. Some things are clever. Like, for example, um, adding 3% salt solution to make the oceans, you know, because the, the, the oceans are 3% salt, which is just enough that marine life can still survive just fine, but human beings cannot drink it. And yeah. that that is just a clever little piece of work because that limits that limits your ship travel back in the old days, your exploration by like ninety something percent because they you literally based your travel on how much fresh water you had you could keep on board with you, and uh, and if you because if you could drink what you were sailing on, you just never yeah. stop, you just keep going, so mm -hmm. it slows down civilization. It's brilliant. Wow, I didn't know that. That's yeah, actually. That is actually news to me. I, I did. I mean, I knew you couldn't just drink ocean water. Right. But, it's I mean, just salty enough that we can't drink yeah. it. Just salt. Just salty enough. Other animals can drink it more or less, and you know, and marine life doesn't seem to have any problem. But there's a neat little balance in this whole system. It's, uh, it's, it's. I, I really dig it. Nice. Now, who do you think actually controls the? Back to the whole. Um, skylight and or like the moon and, and the stars you know you said they're like they're basically projections right uh, right who, who actually do you believe is in control of that do you think it's like a group like an organization do you think it's just the u.s or oh you mean control of the the whole dome because i'm assuming like, oh, the, you mean dome, the, right? the, stru the structure itself well not necessarily the structure but who do you think um is hiding it yeah, who do you think projects like the the like Saturn and the stars? Oh no no no, that's part of the system. I mean, everything that we see, we have nothing to do with this. We okay, didn't so even know. Well, I'm what I'm saying is, and I know they didn't talk about it. I mean, they did in the very very beginning of the of the movie, but by that time, people were just glossed over. Which was, we didn't even know. Even our best and brightest didn't figure this out until about 1960. Because we just didn't have the tech to do it. It's a system that was already implemented before. The system was already in place. Think, think for example, if you were the king of France in 1500, right? And somebody showed you a map. They came up with a big scroll and put it on a big desk for you and said, this is what the earth really looks like. What are you going to do? You got wooden ships. You got horses. That's all you got. You can't do anything. Literally until, I mean, come on. Up until the internal combustion engine was was kind of refined in the early 1900s, and plane travel we didn't even get compressed uh, pressurized cabins in planes until decades after that. You didn't even have the ability to explore most of this world until almost 1960. The rest of the world, mm -hmm. and that's when they figured it out. And again, all the way up until that point, the United States and the Soviet Union, you know, they barely had freaking jets <laughs> at that point. They figure it out and they're like, huh, yeah, let's, uh, you know, we're, we're going to sit on this. So, no, human beings have nothing to do with it. The only thing human beings, uh, the role that they played was just keeping the secret going. That's all That's all the role that any body of government ever did. And only for the last 60 years. Now, do you think, though, that the government or world governments actually are capable of 
withstanding such a, a huge lie? Because it's not something small, right? No. It's, it's not. It, it, this is huge. Do you think they actually have the capability of checking their every single outlet to make sure everything is lined up so okay. everyone believes the same thing and well, keeping it so tight knit that no one can, you know. You know, it's a, I know it's a good question, and that is, can you keep can you keep a secret like that, and how long can you keep? And you're absolutely right. That's a great question. Uh, you can, it's, again, it's not 100% guaranteed, obviously, because we're talking about it. Yeah. Uh, and it's only time and money, and they had to start out small. Because remember, 1960, three television networks, um, a lot of countries didn't even have cars in yeah. 1960. I mean, China was, pff, China wasn't even really industrialized in 1960. And they, uh, all they had to do was, was spend, it, it was escalating. So it started out small. Which was okay. What are the, the and the, the moves they made? Which is why I talked about in the clues. Uh, and the moves they made were exactly what I would have done. The first thing you do is you seal off Antarctica, which mm-hmm. they did. 1959. You just seal that sucker off. You make everybody sign the treaty. You make it yeah, bulletproof. Again, the yeah, the only treaty to ever never be broken, and it's not even up for debate until 2041. Then you seal off the upper edge. And that is a two-part process. One, you militarize space with NASA in 1958. You announce the Van Allen radiation belts in 1959, which, by the you know, coincidentally, is the same year that the Antarctic Treaty was ratified. If those two hadn't been ratified in the same year, I might have had a little wiggle room there. But no, they, it was it was the broad strokes were exactly what I would have done. And then you keep militarizing space, and the, they did a clever thing, which was okay. We know people are curious about the moon. Let's just get this thing over with. We'll go to the moon. We'll make it seem really boring. There's nothing there. Make it super bland. Everyone goes home. And that's what they did. They round trips, you know, six and three years or something like that Mm -hmm. to where where they even said, well, nobody cares about the moon anymore. So after 1972, they just said, oh, this will be our last mission. Good night, everybody. You know, roll credits. And that's what they did. And then nobody went back. And after that. They just kicked the can down the road combined with the carrot we never, ever will get. And that is every president from Reagan through Trump, every president said the same thing. Oh, we're dedicated going back to the moon. You know, Bush, Clinton, Obama, the other Bush, they kept saying the same thing. Nobody went. But everyone thinks it's like, oh, well, you know, you ask anybody. So oh, we're dedicated to going back to the moon. And no, nobody. No, why didn't why didn't the Russians? <laughs> why didn't the Soviet Union keep going? The space race? Everybody hyped up, and then yeah. the Americans get there, and the Soviet Union just quits. They just stop. They, they they literally shut down their entire. Not only they shut down the moon program, they shut down everything. It's like, nope, we're not. We're done. It's what, what, that's, that's never happened in the history of competition. I don't think it's like a like the first marathon uh, guy crossing the finish line, and the other people just walk off the course. Mm-hmm. Just, doesn't make any sense. So sorry. I'm done. Now, do you think now do you think every president that we've had knows that the earth is flat? Do you think no. it stops? Do no. you think it it's, where it's do you, com- in government? Where do you think it stops at? Like who do you think well, actually knows? That's just it. So so there's a lot of people and that's a good question because a lot of people say it's such a big secret that you would need millions and millions of people to know. It's like all scientists and all pilots and all presidents and all these members of government. It's like, no, no, no. This isn't like the Manhattan Project where we're at war and we're making the atomic bomb and you can keep people separate. And by the way, we did keep that secret, which was mm-hmm. you know, just compartmentalize things. And yeah, of course, everybody knew they were refining uranium. And yeah. but but at the same time, look, we're at war and that was a whole different circumstance. This is so big that 
less is more, meaning need to know is there, there is no better example of need to know. So you don't, because you want as many people acting naturally as possible. Do I think Neil deGrasse Tyson knows? Probably not. He knows something, uh, but they also learn from their mistakes, which is like the Apollo astronauts. I think the Apollo astronauts knew. I think they went, I think they were recruited to be on an actual moon mission. They were going to be heroes. They got their best guys. These were great guys. I mean, the the right stuff movie was basically an astronaut recruiting movie. And Mm -hmm. I think at the end they told them, it's like, okay, here's the deal, which is kind of like Capricorn 1. Capricorn 1, a, a fantastic movie along those lines, where you take the astronaut to say, okay, you're not going, here's the reason why, and if it's, the, there's an old saying by um, one of our old presidents, FDR, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, he said, only tell the public as much truth as they can handle. And when they told the Apollo astronauts, they just freaked out. They they mm-hmm. all became recluses. They all crawled into bottles. They They didn't talk to the press. Neil Armstrong was a freaking basket case. I mean, he was he was honestly a train wreck because honestly, there's this guilt. It's like, look, you're going down, um, you're having parades in your honor, high schools named after you, and you didn't do anything. That is going to weigh on you after a while, especially if you're a Boy Scout, you know, if you're you're one of those guys. But mm-hmm. as far as other people knowing, so I'm sorry, I'm I'm kind of rambling. The um oh, the fine. the the Capricorn One was a perfect example of that. Only the high, high brass need to know, and the te- and the telemetry guys, the nuts and bolts guys that um, that that do the data transfer. It's like, okay, here's where the rocket is, because that has to be faked. The guys that turn the wrenches at NASA, that build the fuel systems and polish the capsules and all that, they don't need to know anything. You know, yeah. you, because you want as many people acting as naturally as possible. Telling the president of the United States, okay, come on, the president of the United States is a figurehead and has been for decades. Uh, they are literally just put nowadays. The president of the United States is just somebody you put up on camera and you have him read the teleprompter. Uh, you do not need to tell him. In fact, if it was me, if I was running the show, I would not tell him uh, because there's no reason to. There's no benefit to having him know. He may know something. But he's, you don't have to tell him. Um, th- on that note, uh, the last president, I think, that had any power uh, was Eisenhower. And the only reason he had power is because he was a five-star general and led the Allied forces in World War II. That's the only reason, you know, that's, that's, old, that's Roman tactics right there. Uh, mm-hmm. There's this great little story. Hang on, i got to tell you this real quick because it's a fun little story where I heard – Rumor was, I believe it, I absolutely believe it, because it's a, it's, I love stories you can't really poke holes in the plot, which was Eisenhower becomes a civilian, obviously, and becomes president of the United States. And he finds out, because he's curious about military projects, he finds out from somebody, from somebody, because he knows everybody in the military still, that, uh, that Area 51 was built, basically completed without even his knowledge. But he didn't even have to sign off on it. So he makes a phone call out there. He says, yeah, I'd like to come out and tour the facility. And they said, sorry, you don't have clearance. Right? This is this is Eisenhower, right? He used to be the most powerful general in the world. <laughs> and he yeah. says, okay, here's what's going to happen. <laughs> I'm going to call my buddies at the First Army. You know, I know pretty much all the generals out there because they served under me. And we're going to come out there and we're going to tour the facility. And if those gates aren't open, well, there's going to be a problem. And they said, fine, yeah. fine, you don't have to call the First Army. You can come out, right? That was the last president that had any power. Everybody after that, 
was in they were on their own and and kennedy was a perfect example of that so yeah every president right now they have to be good on television uh and which the epitome of what we have now uh, no offense look i've never voted in my life but come on the united states literally has a reality television star as a president so anyway yeah no I, yeah i understand that um yeah but the, yeah see that that's that was my biggest thing mm. um when it when it comes to you know proving Earth is flat, you know based on science things like that, yeah, there's some compelling as evidence. Right. I'll, I'll definitely get that. But my biggest concern was, and my biggest like issue was like, I don't, I can't see world governments all holding just like the biggest. They, they don't. They don't think of it this way. Men, I I know I know what you mean, and that is, but it doesn't have to be all world governments. Think of it like this. There's an old saying I love saying, and that is, men rarely give up power voluntarily. Men, mm -hmm. and it's most it's mostly men which is look you are if all you have to do is give that speech i gave earlier it's like okay here's what happens if the general public finds out about this your country could be destabilized that's all they have to hear these men you know most politicians most leaders along those lines they they it's all about money and getting to that you know they climb that those those rungs of power till they get to the certain point and they will not give it up and all of a sudden you have to it's not much motivation you just tell them it's like look don't screw this up because if they find out you could be, you know, uh, there could be a coup almost overnight and be like, yeah, yeah I'm not going to say anything, but you don't have to tell that many people. Do you have to tell the King of France or I mean, yeah, the Royals in England. Yeah, maybe. Sure. Uh, the, but there's the, one of the first rules of power. Look, those, anyone that's elected is not the true power. I, I can't stress that enough. It is literally the number one rule of power, which is stay hidden. Uh, the, the longer version of that is never put yourself in a position where you can be overthrown. It is the curse and the blessing of power. And that is when you are super, super powerful. I'm going to talk about guys with bank accounts that they don't even look at them because there's no point. Uh, you know, the guys can literally just create money out of nothing and create markets out of nothing. You can you you can't be touched because the public doesn't know who you are. Right, you yeah, you can't be overthrown. You king, kings can be overthrown, but at the same time, you also cannot be famous. You can't yeah. be both. So you can't be in the public eye and out of the public eye at the same time. So it's like, okay, it's the choice they have. So you know, the puppet master. You don't see who the puppet master is. That's the point. Uh, and the puppets. Oh yeah, you see them all the time, and they can get hurt and overthrown any day, you any day you want. So you just make a new puppet. And yeah, I, you just make a new puppet. And yeah, and, I, and you have to live with that. You have that quiet. It's like, yeah, they're my puppets. And you want to I, I'm sure it kills them. It's like you want to tell people, but you can't because it's like then it ruins the whole thing. Yeah, it's like human instincts. Like, you know, something so it, it, like crazy and so powerful. You just want to tell people, but you physically can't do it. And I agree. Huh. I definitely believe there's shadow hands moving in all parts of the world that are the ones making decisions, doing things. And we just put people in places to kind of like be the, like the face of the problem or face of the solution, even though right. they're not actually the ones. So believe, I, I believe me when I say secrets can be kept, they can, uh, the, all you have to do is, is do is have the right motivation. Uh, with most people, you can, you can bribe them with other people. You can threaten them. Uh, and when you get up to certain high levels, it's what it's it's kind of a combination of both, which is they don't want to lose what they have. They're, they're they've spent so much time getting to a certain place and achieving what they have, and of course accumulating wealth. I mean, come on, 
it's that's the easiest thing in the world to tell a rich person is like yeah if if you if you let out the secret come on there's secret societies out there we still don't know much about you know whether it's i mean yeah i know people talk about the bilderbergs and the rothschilds and the trilateral commission and the vatican and the masons and some sort of jewish cabal and so on and so on but we, very few times you see hear any of the inner workings of these things and that's because they you do psychological profiles on these people before you vote them in and yeah. you know you know whether they're going to flip or not and if even and if you're suspect at all by the way which is i, I should, let me throw this one more in which is astronauts it's like well why hasn't any astronaut come out or any high-ranking official of nasa and that is well okay one they're military plain and simple uh terry verts which i had to I had the pleasure of kind of debating when he was uh, over in london uh he's a colonel in the united states military look full bird colonel <laughs> you don't make it that far unless you can follow orders and at the same time even if you could come out who are you going to tell are you going to make that risk? Um, uh, are you going to take that risk? Because it, it, they do profiles for on you. And of course, anyone that's in that sort of position, I'm, I'm not going to make people paranoid here. But look, they they will absolutely track all your emails. They will listen to all, they'll transcribe all your phone calls. And if they even hear words like, well, I'm not sure about this, or I'm wavering on this, or I'm dubious about this, or, or, or if they're having second thoughts about some sort of crisis of conscience, you're automatically flagged. And it's like, okay, oh, yeah. well, go ahead. No, no, I'm, I'm just like, I agree 100% with that. Like, mm. they, they definitely track everything, people within that kind of position of power. Oh, yeah. What they, and what they do and what they think. There's no privacy with them. Like, anything no, I, they why, say why, would, do, why no. would you? You can't, you can't risk it. Uh, in fact, there, I mean, the spy community, if you watch enough movies, look, we have spies that watch other spies on our own yeah. side. Just just to make sure, you know, and, and that goes back to olden times, right? You send somebody off on a mission, and if you even have the slightest doubt, be like, okay, you guys follow him, make sure he does what, you know, and then gets just layers and layers. It's awful. So. Yeah, I mean, even now, even with a common person, though, like, I, I know Facebook for sure, they listen in, in conversations all the time. Of course. Of even, course. Like, it, it, my, it, me and my fiance, actually, we did an experiment on this because yeah. I had read something about this. I was like, all right, well, you know, we'll check it out. And they said if you continuously say like keywords, like we did the dog toy uh, example, right? So right. we kept saying we kept bringing up dog toys, how we want to get a puppy, things like that. And then she got on because I don't have Facebook because I purposely deleted that, didn't right. like it, didn't trust them. But she still has it. And so we kept saying it with her phone around us. And sure enough, when she got on, there was nothing but dog toy ads everywhere on her Facebook. Really? And do, and do you even have a dog? No, I don't. Ah! don't. That's, no. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, that is see. great. People should do more of that. And yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. Social media. It's funny. I, I don't want to make fun of the Nazis necessarily, but if you would take like somebody from the SS in the 40s and you brought them in now and you showed them Facebook, they would look at you and be like, "Wait, people volunteered for this? Wait, yeah. you mean the, the, like like climbing over each other, like like making sure they're on Facebook. It's like, yeah, it's it's like a it's like a rite of passage now for a kid. You know, you got to be on Facebook. Uh, but yeah, social media. Once that, I knew a I knew I still know a guy uh, that works for a company that does data mining from Facebook. Do not think for a second that that data is worth billions. Yeah, that's and, how they sell wealthy. They don't just get all that money from ad revenue. I know they sell data. Oh yeah, of course. Everybody sells data. Why? Why wouldn't you? You of course you're going to sell data. Uh, that's 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 what you want to know. You want to know. Remember, if, especially in capitalism, 
You want to know what people are interested in buying, and if you can target market. I mean, seriously, that dog toy thing, that's brilliant. And other people, look, you're not the first one, obviously. I mean, there's been people, there was a news reporter, I remember, last year, you know, she even mentioned it on her broadcast. It was like a local news station. She says, I was talking about blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden, there it was on my phone. And it's like, yeah, yeah, we've gotten, basically voice recognition has gotten so good that we can do that now. It's it's kind of scary in a way. Yeah. It, it, it is because it makes you wonder, like, no matter what you say, like, someone's hearing it somewhere. Yeah. You know? Yeah. At the same time. Well, yeah. You want to go into dark places. Uh, uh, mention like uh, like like Google. Try to Google. You want to. Yeah. You want to do an experiment that could like be risky. Uh, start doing Google searches for how to kill the president. <laughs> do that for like a I week. Heard- I can't do that because I'm I'm currently in the military, so I know. No, 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 no. I'm saying no. I'm just saying. But yeah, yeah if anyone has any doubt of what you're saying, no, that dog toy thing's a bunch of BS. Really, type in what I just said into Google and do it for like a week and see oh, yeah. what happens to you. You're gonna get a knock on the door. Yeah, probably gonna get a knock on your door. Even though back in the day, it had to be like a personal somebody that would say, "Oh yeah, I heard somebody talking about this." But now it's not that way. Now they just monitor. Uh, you know stuff. I mean, hell. I mean, come on. As as tech savvy as I have been, there are certain things in Google I will not type in because yeah. I know full well it's like no. You know, even if you're even if you're ninety nine percent sure they're not listening, no, of course they are. You know, there's they don't have to listen anymore. We've got machines that the algorithms have gotten so good that they can track keywords. I mean, seriously, I don't even the the whole thing about terrorists. Like it's, you, you'd be an idiot to be a terrorist in this country, truthfully, uh, because oh, yeah. they they will track it. They they will they know what you're gonna do before you're going to do it. Yep, exactly. So. And it's kind of like a blessing and a curse, though, because like in that instance, yeah, I, I would kind of hope that we can prevent like like crazy like bad things like that from happening. You know, like terrorist organizations committing some sort of like sure. mass or something, right? That's good. I'm cool with that. Like you can prevent that, but. We do overstretch it to people's personal lives for no other purpose than selling what their thoughts are to another company to advertise towards them. Yeah, I know. And and I've got mixed feelings on that because, uh, you know, if you marketing has been doing their thing for a long time and what is considered out of bounds when it comes to marketing? I mean, yes, yeah, some people would be, you know, some people are like grateful. Oh, hey, I was just looking for this dog toy. Uh, but other people would be like, but it's kind of, it's kind of hypocritical because you say, oh yeah, by the way, is it okay if we listen to, if we transcribe everything you say, even though you're, you're not on your phone because, <laughs> because we want to sell you something, but most people wouldn't, wouldn't go for that. So mm-hmm. it's this weird, uh, it's, it's, I, I don't even, I'm not even sure if I have a solid opinion on it because I know what they're doing. Um, let me, let me rattle off a story real quick. We'll go back to like 1990. You ever hear the, the. Uh, it used to be called the the GI Joe clause. Did you ever hear about this? I did not. Okay, this is good. So back when before the internet, uh, you know, just before the internet, I should say, the the makers of GI Joe, I think it was Hasbro at the time, they mm-hmm. made a they during their television the, the the cartoon series, you know, GI Joe, greatest American hero, GI Joe's there, and what they did was they used the same animators for the commercials that they did the show and then they ran the show back to back episodes and then they ran the commercials only their commercials between those episodes right and every 15 minutes so -hmm. what happened was for two hours kids were watching this but they couldn't tell 
exactly when the show went to commercial and when the commercial came back to the show. And so basically they were watching a two-hour commercial every day. And what happened was, uh, you know, kids go to the store. We've all done this, right? You go to the store. It's like, Mommy, can I have this? It's like, no, no, no. They got to the G.I. Joe toys. Be like, Mommy, can I have this? And and, uh, Mom would go, no. And, And the kid then would turn and go, oh, no, no, no. This goes in the basket. Well, <laughs> I was like, I loved it, GI Joe's growing up. I collected all of them. You can, I absolutely loved them. So I yeah. can't understand that. So mothers started uh, comparing notes, like they do. It's like, hey, you know, Timmy threw a, a tantrum in the in the store the other day. It's like, yeah, my Jimmy did too. And all of a sudden, it became a congressional hearing to where they had to. I think it's called the child, the Digital Child Protection Act now, where you could not do that. Basically, it's like, okay, if you run your shows, you cannot run your commercials during your shows because of the temptation to just kind of slide it in together, blend it all, stitch it all together. Uh, because, again, that's that's classic conditioning. If you are engaged with something long enough, it doesn't take – in fact, I think it's just about 40 minutes is the threshold. Uh, it's in your head. And then you're like, yeah, you walk out of it. It's like, yes, I would like a pack of cigarettes or whatever it is. And, uh, and that's no time. No, I was just saying, like forty minutes. That that's a small amount of time to get oh, but you. Like, but, but, but what I mean is, you have to be engaged for forty minutes. There are no commercials necessarily for forty minutes, unless you're talking about infomercials, which do very yeah. well. But well, no, I'm, not, I'm not questioning you. I'm just saying, like that's that's crazy that like our brains yeah. only need that little bit amount of time. Way, it's like, got to be voluntary. Thinking. That's that's the key there. It's got to be voluntary. It's not like you can sit somebody down from a set and hold their eyelids open and say, "Okay, watch this," and they'll they'll be convinced in forty minutes. If you voluntarily go into something for forty minutes and and be engaged, which is why, by the way, the documentary did as well or is doing as well as it's doing because people are engaged for it's about a hundred minutes long, and by the time you realize it that it's um. Uh, that it's a, this is a real thing. It's not some sort of parody. All of a sudden, you're in it, and then mm-hmm. you're just like, "Oh, whoa, what, what's happening?" <laughs> well, yeah, what... yeah, was, me and my fiance, we were sitting on the couch, we were watching it. And we were just, we were stuck on it. We could yeah. not stop watching. Yeah. Same thing with the topic. If you're in YouTube, I've heard this more and more. Um, in fact, there was a guy from Google that came out last year. It was, uh, it was an ex-developer. And he was talking, they were asking him about uh, why Google rec- or YouTube recommends what it does on the, on the sidebar. Recommended for you. And out of all the topics he could bring up, he, he, he said Flat Earth. He said, well, if the average person that gets into Flat Earth watches 20 videos in a row, what do you think we're going to recommend? <laughs> it's, like, it's like all of a sudden they look, they, their algorithms, they look for topics that people really sink their teeth into and when you know when like you said you couldn't stop watching it that's what happens with the youtube videos they just want they keep watching more and more and more and more and then finally they get tired and it's like okay i gotta you know i gotta go sleep but yeah they do that for every time i hear it. it's about two weeks it's amazing wow. they, yeah they come home it's like more flat earth readers and then all of a sudden their family starts looking at them weird and then they end up like richard dreyfus from close encounters of the third kind where he builds a giant yeah. mountain in his living room Oh, man. Yeah. Now, okay, okay, I'm sure you get this question asked a lot, mm-hmm. right? So what if the reverse was proven? So what if we did something that was undeniable 
that right. proved it was a glow. What would that do for you? Oh, I'd quit. I, I want everybody in flat earth wants that to happen. That's the mm-hmm. weird thing. We're not, we're not talking about some sort of religion. We're not talking about Scientology. We're, mm-hmm. we're talking about uh, a, a worldview, which we wanted to shut down. The, the t-shirt should read, I became a flat earther because I tried to debunk flat earth. And there is a t-shirt like that out there, which is, I would love for somebody to prove it. Love it. In fact, I've been trying to come up with easier. It's not like we're, we're trying to create these echo chambers with a, with a locked door on it, which we can't get out of. Mm. Um, people have said, okay, what, you know, I've heard it many times. Like, would you go to space? If somebody sent you to space, I go, absolutely. I'd go to space. They're not going to send me to space, but I'd love to go to space. And then I thought, okay, just put a freaking 4k camera of a capsule of some rocket that's leaving the solar system. Turn it on. Don't turn off the, um, uh, don't turn off the, uh, uh, don't don't hit any edits. It's continuous footage, and show that. And they're they're never going to do that either. It's never. It's kind of weird that it's never ever happened in the history of space travel. You know, with all yeah. these different countries going up, it's never ever happened. It's like oh, okay, fine. And in fact, somebody said, well, maybe there's a ground test we can do. I go, yeah, there is a ground test you can do. It would help a great deal. It won't prove that the Earth is a globe, but it'll help. And that is, tell me how a spacesuit works. And you say, well, what do you mean? It's like, well, tell me how it stops a vacuum. Don't tell me about the heating and the cooling and the oxygen and the uh, condensation and whatever else you have in there. Tell me about how a soft, pliable material stops the vacuum of space. Because it doesn't happen. Uh, it, that pressure needs a container, plain and simple. Um, it, like a can of hairspray or a balloon, uh, they they get, you know, or basketball. Basketball is a perfect example. Um Basketball has layers, like a spacesuit, and when you put a little air in it, it goes tight as a freaking drum. And that's not even in a vacuum. That's just with a little bit of pressure on the inside and a little bit less pressure on the outside. When you get close to a vacuum, it goes exponential. Uh, in fact, you look up videos on YouTube. Put anything in a vacuum chamber that's pressurized, it will blow up. It will detonate. And mm-hmm. yet, the um, the spacesuit is the exact opposite. Uh, it's pliable. You can bend your arms. Your your fingers are articulated. You can you can do complex electric uh, electronics, uh, and and there's no problem at all. And it should be the exact opposite. It should go. People should turn into a parade float. It should go tight as a drum. It should burst, and they should die. And we never see that. And so that my challenge. And and not only. And I did a clue on this, which was okay. Even if you could convince me. Now that you have some sort of weird microprocessor technology that could balance the vacuum of space, which would, of course, would completely blow away the second law of thermodynamics, which is a whole nother thing. And you could do it now in 2019. How did you do it in 1969 with with analog? Why didn't any astronaut ever care about how much air they had on the moon? (laughs) And not only that, how much oxygen were you breathing? Because remember, we're we're only breathing about 20 percent oxygen here. Uh, the rest yeah. is nit- nitrogen. Where Did you bring up a whole bunch of nitrogen with you? And, and if they say, oh, no, we, we were breathing only oxygen. Just, nope, that'll kill you. That's toxic. 100% oxygen is toxic to humans. It will kill you dead. So wh- how did you pull this off? You know, and they, they don't answer it. That and, of course, um, that that's my test. I'm sorry. The, as far as convincing me, that is the thing. I, in fact, I, I've thrown that into episodes time and time again now. I go, look, put me in a vacuum chamber and a self-contained spacesuit, not something with a tether on it. That's a G-force suit. We use those in fighter planes, something that we used in 1969 because we've never – it's amazing. All these guys went to space. Nobody has ever had a problem with their suit. 
to where they've died. Nobody. Not once. It was like, you know, he ran out of air and died. There was a hole in his suit and he died. There's so we see this in science fiction movies all the time. Astronauts die in science fiction movies every day. And this never, ever happens. Uh, you saw the guys on, on Apollo on the moon falling on rocks constantly. Nobody got up and checked their suit. Nobody. It's like you, the first thing. I mean, you'd be scared to death. Not to mention. Sorry, I, I go off the Apollo thing here for a second. No, Not to mention that when you're on the moon, right? I don't care how hardened military you are. I mean, granted, yeah, there was a, most guys were colonels. And I think there was even a lieutenant general. You are going to be so sober and so focused on your mission all you're going to care about is making it back alive that's all you're going to care about you're going to be checking your gauges all the time how much how much oxygen how much time how much time you know is the, is the capsule okay everything okay yeah good great you these guys couldn't have care care in the world they were running around they had a dune buggy they were playing golf they fell on a regular basis they told jokes that was the last thing on their mind uh, was was the mission and, you know, the, the, the seriousness of it. And again, that's part of the production because you can't have it. They were never in any danger because they never went. And the reason why is you never want to. If an astronaut died on the moon, it would be the moon would instantly become a tombstone. That's what it would be. Everyone would be Americans would be looking up all night going, oh, the moon. So sad. You remember those three guys that went up there and died? Yeah, it's so sad. That's all they do. That's all they'd care about. You'd have to send a mission to get the bodies. Uh, I'm sorry. That's, 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 the, the, no, that's actually a crazy point because I never actually thought about it in that aspect. Because when I was always thinking about things, I'm thinking about the scientific, right? Right. The math behind it, like the physical images. But I never really thought about like the person themselves and how they conducted themselves on those missions. Because right. you're right. If I was sent to a different planet in, in an environment that I knew nothing about but just like the bare minimum what I thought I knew, right. I, you're right. I would be scared shitless. I would be constantly, like you said, checking gauges, checking my suit because yeah. just like the smallest mistake oh, yeah. would be catastrophic. I, you're going to yeah. die. There's no there's – no someone going to send you like an ambulance and you know help you out or pull you away. Like you're pretty much going to instantly die. Yeah, nobody talks about the air mixture. I have yet find me a, 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 a an audio clip from Apollo, and there might be one out there. I don't know, but I you'd think there'd be a ton of them where it'd be like, yeah, I got to go in. We only got I only got. You wouldn't even let it get down to single digits. Be like, as soon as I was uh, like fifteen minutes of air left, I'd be freaking in that freaking capsule. No, oh god, and then you have to decompress it. Every time, uh, you know what? I don't even want to get into Apollo. I could spend I could spend hours just destroying Apollo on a regular basis, which is why, again, you know, we we go into this as much as we do. Uh, we, Apollo is again easy for us to do because we didn't do most of the work. Other people did the work for us. We just gave them a reason why, which I should state, which is when I looked, I hated Apollo for a long time, but I couldn't figure out why. Which was, mm-hmm. it's like why why do it? Why fake it? Uh, you know, is it just rah, rah, wave the flag, go team. America's the greatest. Yeah. I mean, that's good. It's not great. I mean, it's a good answer, but yeah. then when I got into flat earth, I, I totally understood, which is, uh, okay, you have to fake it. You have to do it on a military standpoint. You've got to do it as fast as possible and you've got to shut it down because the last thing you want to do is have private corporations get in there. Remember NASA is just a collection of parts from general dynamics and Boeing, um, and uh, who are the others out there? Wow. Was it space? Not right. Doesn't uh, Elon Musk and he 
part oh, of you want, to get into, you want to get into uh, Elon Musk? Oh, let, let's get into that. Uh, <laughs> the, the Tesla Roadster in space was so bad that he will never do it again. It mm-hmm. was an example of trying to fake space on the cheap, which is, uh, I don't even know if there was a real freaking rocket that launched anything, uh, which is that car that was sent up there when it was first sent to us. Everybody in the flyer community, when we saw this, you know, I, I got a, I got an image of it sent to me and I said, Oh, that, did Jared make that? I go, I go, it's not bad. I go, it's kind of cheesy. And then some, he, some guy wrote back, goes, no dude, that's a live feed. And I go, live feed from who? And it's like SpaceX. I'm going, my ass, it's SpaceX. And I'm looking at this thing. I'm going, oh, because the general population knows almost nothing. It, that's what they count on, like the astronaut suit. They know nothing about physics, which is that car was impossible. Uh, four openers. Every pressurized system on that car would have exploded. The tires would have detonated. Uh, the bad, Remember, it's a, it's a battery-powered car. So uh, the although does it have a gas engine or is it all battery? It might be all battery. It doesn't really matter. Uh, the the battery fluid would have would have burst. The window washer fluid would have burst. Uh, brake fluid would have burst. Everything would have erupted. That car would have just been a freaking mess. Not only um, uh, the the heat, the hot and cold temperature swings. You know everybody knows what happens when you throw uh, warm water on a frozen windshield. The the windshields would have shattered. Uh, if not the front windshields, the side ones would have totally spider webbed in two seconds. Uh, everything would have been warped from the from the temperature changes. You know the dashes are not meant to to withstand anything. The mannequin, I don't know what he was made of. It doesn't really matter. Uh, plus, on, on top of that, you're using the convertible instead of their flagship S model. Uh, why? There's and the big thing that threw me kind of like the clue is which there is no endorsements. Two companies on this thing: one public, one private. You had SpaceX and you had Tesla. There's not a freaking logo anywhere to be seen anywhere. And that's because they were nervous. They were like, okay, let's let's just play this thing as generic as possible. It's like, what? You won't have – the thing should have looked like NASCAR. Should have been wall-to-wall endorsements. In fact, I it would have taken no marketing guy uh, two seconds to f- think this up. You'd use the S model, and then you sell things for the seats, which is instead of a generic, uh, I don't know, no endorsement, no logo mannequin – uh, you sell the rights to Disney, you know, for for that. You put um, Iron Man, Boba Fett, Groot, and a Stormtrooper. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. That, that thing's and, yeah. and and yet there's the exact opposite. No logos at all. Sorry. And, and then and the television image is perfect. No frame drops whatsoever, uh, except for one thing that was missing, which was the actual drop it, it, it they were really good about it It was a fine example of misdirection which was if you remember they had the booster rockets which again physically impossible the booster rockets apparently landed on their own back at kennedy which was okay and then they they showed those things landing right next to each other which you would never ever do for safety concerns you would have those rockets miles apart from each other and they landed literally within t- five seconds of each other at the same time oh and then the big falcon heavy booster the thing that supposedly launched the car Mm-hmm. It supposedly deployed, but we never see it. It should have been, fa- you know, they had three different cameras. Things should have been falling off, drifting off into the background, background falling back to Earth, right? You never saw a, a frame of that entire rocket. You never saw what, what actually launched the craft. It's like all those things combined. No, we we freaking destroyed it. I mean, within 24 hours, it was like, look, there's no way. I mean, to and honestly, 
ha- the social media erupted anyway. There was a lot of people that that didn't buy it. To where even Elon Musk, which was really weird, he uttered that um, uh, that line in the press conference. He goes, "You know, it's." He goes, "It's you know, it's this is verbatim. You know, it's real because it looks so fake." It's like, why do they put you in front of a camera at all? You are terrible at this. So you think he's he's in on it then? Do you think Tesla? No, no, flat Earth. No, no, no. no, no, He's he's just. Do you think he is in on with the conspiracy? Okay, we're gonna pretend like it's a globe, but we know it's flat. But we're gonna like still keep the lie going. No, no, no. He's just he's just told to fake a space program. He just was given a check and told to uh, to fake stuff. And mm. uh, so that, that was basically it. I mean, there's lots of people that won't, you know, what it's, it's kind of like it, take the money and don't ask questions. Why, why would you, it's like, okay, I got the check. I'm not going to ask questions. You know, money, money talks. It always has. And you can do a lot with people. I mean, how many times we see this in movies and TV where it's like you hand somebody a briefcase of money. It's like, I was never here. It's like, Nope. I don't even know where I got this money. Uh, so no, Elon fakes it, but oh, come on, the man, New York post ran a, uh, an article on him last year and, and it was, it was made me, made my day, which was Elon Musk is a total fraud. And they were talking about everything he's ever promised ever. I mean, yeah, fine. He's a software developer and he helped develop PayPal and made billions off the stock offering. I totally get that. But having him. It's like, I'm going to make a plane that's going to go from the United States to China in two hours, and it's going to cost not even business class ticket. Uh, I'm going to make an underground um, bullet train that goes from San Francisco to L.A. I'm going to solve Puerto Rico's power problems after the hurricane with my solar array. I'm going to save those kids with my submarine, and so on and so on. And I'm going to send two people to the moon, two tourists around the moon in 2018. He said that in 2017. I remember hearing this. I was up in Canada, and and he and I'm doing the math. I'm going, he's going to do this in 16, 18 months. He's got he's got no he's got no booster. He's got no capsule. He's got no pilots. The tourists weren't even announced. He goes, oh yeah, I'm going to send two people around the moon, uh, in 2018. And then he pushed it out, and then it's gone, and not even talked about. Sort of like the um, you want to look up something else if you get a chance. I know again, I get kind of excited about this stuff. Uh, the Look up the Google X Prize challenge, which was mm-hmm. Google was paying, I don't know, $20 million to the first private company that could send a capsule to the moon and beam back shots. And, you know, they kicked the can down the road and kicked that can down the road. And there were like five agencies that were getting involved, the Europeans and Israelis and Indian and everybody backed up. That was it. Never happened. But because the story was out there, people thought, you know, assumed, well, it probably did happen, right? No, it never happened. Not even, not even, no one's even come close. Even, think about it this way. We have never, we stopped going to the moon in 1972. Mm-hmm. And not only has nobody gone back, you know, not only have the Americans not gone back, nobody else has even landed there. Nobody's even tried to go there. And as I, as I'm speaking this right now, there are no programs right now committed to the moon. There's there's no there's no astronauts training to go to the moon right now. Everyone just keeps oh yeah, we're going to get the ISS, hang around there for a year. And mm-hmm. anyway, sorry. No, no, keep keep going. No, this, no, this no, is good. No, no, I, I I have to shut off my rants eventually. <laughs> so. Okay, so I got a question. Do you guys have any big projects planned to like go because I don't know, do you believe that like the Arctic Circle and all that just encompasses the outer ring, like this oh, giant. Oh, the, Antar- the Antarctic. The um, 
Uh, yeah, I do. But at the same time, the the problem with it, and we've had people look into it, uh, read through the the Antarctic Treaty with a fine tooth comb. It's not a light read, by the way. Uh, it is bulletproof. You cannot. You have to get multiple nation sign offs, and the permit fees are apparently ridiculous. I mean, you know, pushing hundreds of thousands of dollars just just to do any sort of exploration on a on a on a group basis. Uh, it is locked down. I mean, I, I, Antarctica, here's the problem though, because people have suggested this since day one, which is okay. Can't you just like hire somebody, you know, a pilot, you know, that has a jet with a, with a big fuel tank and just go. It's like, well, okay, you could, except there's only military down there. They don't want you to go down there. The treaty, you know, they're authorized to stop you from going. Plus, if you go down there, you're going to have to have a pilot that was willing to bypass GPS. Because just about everybody that does any navigation nowadays, it's based off of GPS. Well, GPS is a military system based yeah. on, you know, the United States Department of Defense uh, from 1996, which is really – and now they – mainstream will say, well, it's a global positioning system, which is based off of 32 satellites, right, with blanket coverage. And I come back and say, no, it's just the old Loran system, the old radar, ground radar, I mean powerful ground radar. Just had another sticker put on it and a higher budget, which is why the planes disappear, which is why we lost the Malaysian flights out in the Indian Ocean, which is why when you fly to Hawaii from San Francisco, your plane goes off the system and you're just kind of on your own for a while. I mean, yeah, you know approximately where you're going, which is why the latitude and longitude kick into approximated mode. Well, if you have yeah. a if you have a GPS system, uh, you should never be an approximated or estimated mode. You should always know where you are. It's like, well, the pilots know. It's like, no, no, they don't. They know roughly where they are. And then they have to adjust their course once they get to a certain point. Yeah, they're lined up in a in a specific zone. And yeah, they they're they're a pretty good shot as long as they don't deviate, you know, off their off their path. When they get when they get out of the fog, more or less, they'll be in the right place. But yeah. anyway, so sorry, that long again, long answer. No, 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 that's perfectly fine. Um now what okay, what would you suspect would happen? All right, for instance, say you were able to just you, you took a rocket and you were able to take it straight up. Right. Do you think you would actually breach what you considered to be like the dome, or do you think it would just stop? Just, uh, like a- you're not well, you're not breaching it. Uh, you may stop. The question is if it's a soft barrier or a hard barrier. Mm-hmm. Um, and by that I mean the United States and the Soviet Union tried. They they literally tried uh, from 58 until 62. I'm sorry, 58, 58, 59, 60, 61. Uh, four years. Uh, the United States Soviet Union, they took their atomic weapons program and they only fired straight up for four years. And the first shots were megaton and then it was kiloton range after that. And I think they realized, I mean, look, if you can't break through something with a megaton weapon, uh, then you're not going to be getting through it any anytime soon. And so then they just had to map the sky out and figure out what the shape of this place was. So if I was in a rocket and going up there, uh, one, I wouldn't be advised anyway. Plus, I also, again, it may sound outlandish, I don't think an astronaut's ever been on the top of a rocket ever anyway, because that's the last thing you would do. Uh, you know, even if you're going to fake a space program, you're not going to put people on the top of a pile of liquid explosives, which is all they really are. I mean, there's just a giant bomb. And because if something goes wrong, like the Challenger in 1986, well, then you're gonna you're gonna have to deal with that, and you'll lose people for real. Where in 1986, the thing blows up, and it's like, okay, we got to relocate you, 
and they spread them around 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 the country using more or less their real names and it was easy to do because in 1986 there was no internet not even close and then you know, they got older and there's still as far as i know six out of seven of them are still walking around I was gonna, yeah, that was going to be my follow-up question. So you, you think that they're still alive? They just said that these people yeah. might die, but... Yeah, why, why waste them? I mean, it costs a lot of money to raise a soldier. And if you're you're talking about captains and majors, I mean, you're talking about officers in the United States military, you're not just going to kill them. If, if you can help it, I mean, you relocate them, sure. And, you know, but, you know, if, worst-case scenario, you put them in a, at a secret base. Take them out to Groom Lake uh, or, or, or one of the bases we don't talk about. Uh, best case scenario, you put them out in public life, and if someone discovers them and you know it makes the headlines, then you relocate them. Um, you don't have to kill them. It's not like uh, it's not like the old days where it's like, oh, sorry, we got to kill them uh, because because this thing is so big that even if you found them, people wouldn't know what to make of it. He's like, wait, I thought you were in that, and then you could claim national security. You could shut people up. The point is, you don't have to kill them. Yeah, I'm sorry that that families may think they're dead, but uh, it's part of the you know you, you got to make it seem natural. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. I, I I've never actually heard that theory, but yeah, yeah. Look I mean, up I... look up the shot. If seriously, it's spooky when you look at the shot, and it's out there. It's a meme. You look at the astronauts from Challenger, and then look at the images of the people that have their name that are scattered around the country, most of them are professors, which is weird, uh, or teachers, they look, I mean, it's not like Hollywood where you take an actor and you make him look older and it just doesn't quite match up. It's like, yeah, I get it. He's wearing an older makeup thing. No, these guys look exactly what they should look like with uh, be aging 30 years or whatever it is, 96 to, yeah, 30 years. They look exactly what they should look like. Hmm. I mean, like I said, it, if it were to be true, like I said, I, it wouldn't necessarily surprise me that much because, I, like I said, I'll believe this to the day I die, that the government definitely does some shady shit for sure. Oh, yeah. Well, why? They definitely cover a lot of stuff up. They definitely mislead people in a lot of ways. They do a lot of programs that are very unethical and question very questionable. So, I don't know. Like, like I said, I'm still in firm belief, you know. That, I know. I know. I think, but but let me let me let me add on to your thing right there, which was categorically, we don't even have spies. We all know our country has spies, and we have a, a huge military intelligence budget for spies. Nobody knows any spies. Y- your husband or wife could be a spy, and you will not know it because they're not going to tell you. Uh, yeah. We didn't have a U two spy plane. Uh, we did not have a spy plane. It did not exist. Until one was shot down over Russia. And then it's like, oh yeah, by the way, we had a spy plane. Uh, it's like, really? And then like my, my favorite one, and I, I won't keep you too much longer, which is the SR-71. Everyone knows the SR-71 Blackbird, right? That thing what, went from inception to retirement and nobody knew about it. And then the United States decided to show off. And it's like, oh, yeah, by the way, you know, they did a press conference. That's how bad it got to where it's like, hey, we're, we're retiring our super cool plane because it's really, really flashy. And people are going, wow, that's really amazing. It's like, yep, yep. And then they asked him. It was a general. He was he was up, up on stage. It's like, hey, what are you going to replace this with? He goes, oh, nothing. <laughs> we're not going to replace it. It's like, of course you are. Of course you're going to replace it. But you can't. It's a dumb question to even ask him because he's not going to tell you. Yeah, like, it was already replaced anyway. They already had some design. They course, had yeah, something. it was it was already in the air. We already know what it is. It's the Aurora project, and it's so fast nobody can even take a shot out of it because by the time you hear it, it's gone. Look, yeah. group Area Fifty One exists. We lie. 
we lie about stuff and governments lie for and i'm not going to defend them necessarily but they lie for what they call the greater good mm-hmm. and that is look there's decisions we have to make for you that you would never make on yourself there's impossible decisions where lives are lost sometimes and we will make them for you and or for national security or to protect your nation and and it's like look you don't want to know because you don't want to get your hands dirty so we're going to do it for you and this this is one of those in their case now when they come out i almost guarantee if if and when this thing comes out they will say look we hit it for your own good that will be the line in fact they may even get whoever to build this built this place to say that it's like don't blame nasa they were only doing what we told them to do and it's like all right sure i mean it's a good science fiction movie i like it sorry anyway any, anything else because unfortunately i do have to wrap this up Oh, no, I, you know what? I think this has been a fantastic conversation. I really do appreciate you coming on. I've, oh, I yeah, definitely, no. I'm definitely going to do more things for sure. And um, like I, said, I, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for actually doing this. Oh, no, no. It was my pleasure. And uh, thank you for inviting me on. And if you need anything else, just reach out. Definitely will. All right. You take care. And like I said, thanks again.